Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I haven't even started recording yet, so don't worry. Right then. Um, three, two, one. We are staying up. Say we are staying up. It's the View from the Ninian confirmed championship podcast for 2023-2024. It's what the people have been waiting for. We're back, baby. Um, I don't know, other such cliches. Uh, but we are staying up. Joining me this week to discuss everything Cardiff City as usual, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben Price, staying up? Just about, just staying up. Tom Phillips, staying up? Yeah, staying up. Staying up, indeed. Uh, a couple of games to talk about, one game to look forward to, some Twitter questions, a Wikipedia nugget. It's the usual view from the Ninian menu. Uh, let's get started with the Rotherham game, Ben. Um, it was a big one, wasn't it? And it kind of lived up to the billing. Um, lots of Rotherham fans in, um, what do we, we call them, rubber rings. Lots of Cardiff fans in snorkels. Um, it was quite feisty, wasn't it? But we went toe-to-toe with them. Yeah, it was. I think it was everything I was expecting from that game, like proper arguments all over the shop, people falling out, and fans with really sort of average banter that Sky seems to think was the funniest thing in the world. So it had everything you wanted, really, didn't it? It did. Uh, it had Lee Peltier and Sol Bamba falling out with each other. Um, it had men, grown men in snorkels. Um, Tom, did the game live up to your expectations? I don't think in terms of quality, but I think in terms of needle and that kind of grit that you expected from it, it, it it's clearly going to become one of those fixtures now where it's like a rivalry for a few seats. Oh, well, we're not going to fucking play them, but hopefully. Oh, no, they stayed up. They stayed up. Oh, God. Ah, oh, it is going to become one of those pathetic little rivalries that Sky are going to wheel out every year. But I, I but to be fair, I, I can't stand them now all of a sudden. I never really thought about Rotherham before. But now yeah, it, it, it does work, doesn't it? Just a little thing like this, it really blows it up. But no, I think as a spectacle, um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good game. Check my mic. What's wrong with my mic, Dad? It was really tinny for like a couple of seconds there. It went like, sound like it wasn't on it. You were going through like your computer speaker. Let me have a look. Just start again. Uh, it's for some reason it's defaulted to my. 
No, we'll start again because I'll just cut it out. But it jumped oh, to me. I did fight and start. Then you press record. And it jumped to that, and I was like, "Oh, hang on." It, it, it echoed for me in the beginning as well, a little bit. But I thought it's it might so, have been my headphones. It's back on blue. It's back on blue snowball now. That's so. better now. Yeah, I just edit that bit out. Um, ben, if it, if it does become a derby, what's the name going to be for it? Rotherdiff. I don't know. <laughs> Well, surely, surely it's you more like you, the rain delay wa- derby or something like that. Yeah, but you can't call it Watergate Gate, can you? Watergate. Watergate. Or... Watergate. Yeah. Rain or Squeegee Gate. Tom, Squeegee Gate. Tom, have you got any any others? Any other no, but I want to hear more of Ben's ideas, to be honest, after Rotherdiff. Rotherdiff. Yeah. <laughs> Cardiff Ham. Yeah. Cardiff Ham. <laughs> it's not even like anyway, an well, derby's like that, is it? <laughs> No, we'll um, we'll spitball it. We'll come back to it later. Um, Ben, they, they hit the bar early on. Uh, Jack Alnwick was flapping at a, a header that, that kind of came off the bar. At that point, it felt like they were start, starting to pin us back a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, they, we were properly under the cosh for a good thirty minutes to start with. It was, yeah. Part of me, you sort of get that sinking feeling of, oh god, the narrative's going to play out here, isn't it? They're really up for this. They bought. They managed to blag the replay sort of the game given everything that happened last time it was no one would have been surprised if they won but we managed to hold out and I, I think we deserve the win in the end I think we deserve the win um, absolutely I think we, we actually played some really good stuff in the end and we, we, we made a few chances um, one of those chances Tom was a Tete with another goal um, I, I, I think that puts him on about four for the season obviously he's he's had a really good couple of weeks he looks really good he looks really confident all of a sudden but Firstly, it was the ball in from NG, wasn't it? Um, first time cross, whipped in from from deep, really. Um, when did he become prime David Beckham? It's mad, isn't it? Like, it, it does feel like it's come out of nowhere. It starts with a set piece and then he's become very, very consistent over the last probably like 10, 15 games. Because I think earlier in the season, I don't think we were being raving about him. You know, he put himself about a bit. He's been fairly dependable for us. He's had a few bad games, but nothing major. But he's become, like, well, our best player, arguably, over the last, like, 10, 15 games. It's great to see. Believe the awards. Well, yeah, that was in the back of my head. I'm not sure if he was, like, our number one, but he's definitely up there. I think he's become a real asset. And I think there'd be a few clubs sniffing around him come the end of the season. But I think keeping him would be a paramount for us because I think he's been brilliant. I think when you think of what happened to NG over the season and, and when he came in, he started at right back. This season, he's been playing more as a right centre back where we haven't seen him kind of bombing on so much. But we have seen him alter his game with the set pieces, with his crosses. Um, it feels like he's evolving into a real hybrid player in, at the back there. Um, ben, um, let's talk about the goal itself from Atete. Um, cross comes in. I think it was really, really cute play from Atete. He grabs the defender's arm and disorientates him and gets around him. Um does it make you excited for what Atete might do next season? Obviously, he went off injured in the next game, but you know he's he's shown more flashes in recent weeks of a a confident striker, hasn't he? He's got confidence, and sort of people. I think we're starting to work out how to get the best of him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was, I went uh, watching the Huddersfield game. Was cut was talking about sort of the comparisons. Not they're very similar, but not quite the same as like the Glatzel situation of sort of. We instantly saw him and thought, right, he's six foot something. He's a target man, and he's not. Man, yeah. He's uh, all right. He's called it. Yeah, this was his head, wasn't it? It was sort of, sort shoulder. of shoulder head, sort of short shoulder head, sort of like in the air, sort of goal. But outside of that, it's sort of he's not 
the best off like in the air. He's better with the ball at his feet, as we saw for the goal against Watford. So, yeah, it's just nice to see us finally sort of get that strike and understand how to play to him. And him ending the season this way is only good for us going forward next year. Absolutely. I think, you know, we've got... I think I think Cabba coming in has probably taken the pressure off of Tete to be that target man, hasn't he? Because I think last, you know, when Glatzel was in, we had Glatzel. That was it. He had to play target man. He had to play whatever role. Cabba coming in means that you've got the focal point and Tete can play off him. And we saw at Watford how successful that was. So I hope if we keep Cabba, then that can continue into next season. Um, if not, I think Tete's got a really big part to play. Um, they scored on the 37th minute, Tom. Uh, pulled it back to one all. Um, you know, it was a great cross. That guy had an easy header to make at the back post, but was it easier because Kipre was fouled in the middle of that? It looked like he was clipped to me, but do you think it was a foul? I think it was a foul, but I, I don't know if he's getting it. Not, not that that should matter. I, I, I'm not sure if he's intercepting that. I'm not sure if he's blocking it, but it's a foul. You know, he, yeah. he's clipped him, he's pushed him to the floor. Um, the goal shouldn't stand, but to be honest with you, they probably deserve to get back in the game at that point anyway. I haven't got too many qualms about it, but... You know, I, I was frustrated at the time watching it, thinking, like, how has he not seen that? You can see from the reaction of the players as well. You know, to me, it's a blatant foul. Yeah, I thought it was a foul. I think, it's, you know, Kibri's reaction was quite telling, really. He was almost shocked that it wasn't given. Um, and I think we fell asleep then for the goal at the back post. Uh, but we almost got back into it very quickly, Ben. Um, right on half time, we got given a penalty. First question about the penalty, Ben, because we'll talk about penalties widely after this. Um was it a penalty or was it a free kick? It was a penalty. The contact carried on into the box. So, and the laws of the game, it's a penalty. Is that the law of the game, Ben? It is. Because we got bummed with it by Juan Carlos. Do you remember Carlo against Southampton? <laughs> uh, Southampton, Sunderland. He started. Can you say bummed? <laughs> yeah, I said bummed. <laughs> is that allowed? Yeah, I don't get why not. But that was like 10 years ago. Rules change, Ben. Yeah, but as that one hasn't changed. It might have changed. I don't know. The rules change all the time. That's <laughs> um, what the hasn't changed, but it's changed about six times in the last six months. This it? season. Um, yeah. It doesn't really matter anyway. Uh, Cabba missed the penalty. Um, I think that's five out of six penalties missed in the league this year. Cabba's missed three, I think. He scored two. one. Has he missed two? two? He's missed two. Um, Robinson's missed one in the league, one in the cup. Rawls has missed one. Ben, what's wrong with us? We're just stupid, aren't we? We just like things, making things really, really difficult for ourselves. And just, yeah, just like putting the pressure. It's, it's the Cardiff City way, and it? We don't do things easily. But, yeah, it's just, it's hilarious how bad these have been, though. I don't feel, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember another team, not just, like, missed this many, because I remember, like, I think Spurs went through a spell where they missed a lot, but they got a lot more penalties. I think they missed, like, six penalties in a season, but they got about ten. We've yeah. had six, and we've missed five. Yeah. Um, what, what what did Cabba do wrong, Tom? Did he hit it too hard? Did he try too hard with it? Did he put too much behind it? Because obviously the one he missed last time was quite low. He's obviously gone high this time. He's like Michelle Obama. Um, when you go low, we go high. But he missed, so um, not like Michelle Obama because she would have scored. Carry on, Tom. Wasn't expecting that reference, but yeah, I think you're. Um, <laughs> I think you're bang on. <laughs> I think you can you can see from the last penalty that's in the back of his mind. So he's trying to put it higher, isn't he? And he's just put a bit too much on it. I don't mind our players trying to put their foot through it. It's just, I don't know. It just it does get frustrating when you've missed five penalties, and it feels like you know since wits really we've really struggled. We've had people in and out. We haven't had that solid penalty taker that's dependable. 
you know, it, it's got to the point now when we have a penalty, I'm not thinking we're scoring. You know, where I've never felt like that about penalties before. It just it feels inevitable that we're going to miss. And it's a shock when we score. But, you know, I, I don't blame him too much for it. It wasn't a bad strike. But I think it's something we need to sort out and actually work on in the summer. Um, because I think we need to, you know, we, we started to sort of free kicks out of Perry NG, then maybe try him from the penalty spot as well. If anything, he's hit it too well, Clive, is probably what um, Andy Townsend would have said about the penalty. Um, it, it does, it, it does, it, it is quite weird though that we've gone from, you know, years ago we would have had Ross McCormack purely on penalties. The season when he came in, he scored like 11 penalties in that season and he was Mr. Dependable. Whittingham, every time he stepped up, you knew he was going to, you know, at least. He missed more than he scored, basically. And I think I can remember him missing one, which he then followed up on the rebound on. But this year, we've gone through three penalty takers and not one of them is reliable. At least, at least if you land on Surrey Kappa, you think, right, he's going to score every one. But he actually misses more than he scores. So maybe that's one for the summer months. Who's going to take penalties going forward next season? I'd like to put my hands up if um, Lamucci's listening. Um, and then, Ben, the winning goal. Um, I mean, did you think that we'd score a late winner in this game? I felt like something would happen late on. I didn't know if it was going to be us or Rotherham, but it just felt like I just didn't see the game ending in a draw. It just had that feel about it. Just It's like narratives in football. Sometimes you just know something's going to happen, but you don't know what. And yeah, it was just nice that it fell to us for once. Um, Tom, it was similar to his goal against um, Watford. It kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, Atete had the first chance that the keeper saved. It felt like that was gone, but it bounced through to uh, Keeper A. And it was some strike, wasn't it, to get over the ball from that from that range. He was about 10 yards out. He got over the ball, over the keeper and off the bar and in. It was a brilliant strike to, to effectively keep us up. Unless you're the wrong. Just love so oh, yeah. Back. Unless you're the Rotherham Twitter, Twitter admin where he scrambled it home. Yeah, he scrambled it home. It, it wasn't scrambled, was it, Tom? It's a fucking hell of a goal. Yeah, it's bitter. That's what that was. It's salty. Just, he's always, done with some salt only... every week. Mm, yeah, but, um, you know, he said scrambled because, you know, there's been a save before it bobbles around a bit, but it's a yeah, great yeah. finish. And, you know, keeper's become deadly from that range now. I just like, he just puts his foot through the ball. I love it. You know, he's just a man of high on confidence at the moment. He, he's a he's a confidence player. You can see that. You know, when he when he makes mistakes, he makes a couple more in games after. He scored a goal. You don't be surprised if he scores again against Burnley last game of the season. You know, he's just one of those kind of player who like loves a bit of momentum. But no, it's a great finish to do that at that stage of the game and the scenes as well from yeah. our, you know the the players running over. And I think. I'd very quick to criticise and there wasn't much heart and wasn't much, you know, effort from our players in some games this year. But I think neither give them a bit of a break. They've had, you know, f- four managers, if you can't white dead as well, coming in. There's been no cohesion. It's been really hard to build. And, you know, yeah. the last few weeks when our backs have been against the wall and we need the results, they've come out and got them. And it's great to see, you know, Rawls, like, you know, pumping his chest, going, people trying to jump into the crowd, Perry and G trying to climb over every hoarding that's within sight. And, you know, that's just what you want to see as fans, isn't it? And, it? and I think moments like that now, I think if we'd finished mid-table this year with the season we had, I think we wouldn't have, a, have the momentum that we've got now. I think the way that we've reacted in the game like we have against Rotherham, there's something for us to build on. Um, and I think that could be huge for us going into next season. The one thing I was most disappointed about was that I didn't really see any headlines yesterday of, like, keep pray them up, keep bring them up. Like surely that was made to no, 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 no. 
Oh, no, you gotta go. Wow. You gotta go something good and catchy, like Rotherdeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, branding expert Ben Price logs on. Um, right, let's discuss the Huddersfield game next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Then after the the Lord Mayor's show, um, which was us staying up at Rotherham, came the Huddersfield game. Um, I thought it was going to be bad, uh, but it was very bad, wasn't it? It was grim. Um, <laughs> the performance very much matched the weather, drizzly, grey, and just shite. Is there any positives? I, I've got one that I can think of. Was there any positives that you could take from that game, Ben? Isaac Davis and Cole will look bright when they came on. And that's, that's true. That, I had two then. Too. That's the big one for me, <laughs> of them coming on, look, getting a bit of mitts and looking confident. Because, yeah, other than that, they weren't much there. It was, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It, at times, it was so bad that not even pe- people couldn't be asked to shout at stuff. You could just no. hear the players falling. It was horrendous. Like, especially the first muted, half. Yeah, especially the first half. I felt so sorry for Sky Sports having to pick. Never thought I'd say this. Fifteen minutes worth to, to talk about a half time for that. I don't know what they talked about because. That was not an easy game to like break down and sort of sum up. Oh, they they would have just chucked in another ad break. They do that thing now on Sky, don't they, where they like go to an ad break, but they go to an ad break, bring you back from the ad break, then go to another ad break just before they kick off. So they'll and go like one advert. It's one, one advert. advert yeah. Time. So they'll, they probably would have done that about ten times. Um, what I did, what I did notice on the on the the, the highlights though, that um, sorry, on the highlights on the um, the Sky pundits, it was Jamie Mackey and Joby McEnough. And I've started to think that there's no other pundits available, really, because if they're not on the Football League show on a Thursday, on, on you know, the night before on a Saturday, it's them or, or Dean Ashton, I think, or Sam Parkin. Those Keith four Andrews. are the only pundits. You know, I haven't seen him so much anymore. Keith Andrews no, he's been around pundits. this much, is he, this season? David Prutton presents as well. Anyway, by the side. Um, Tom, what was your favourite part of the first half? Well, when it ended, I think, was the obvious <laughs> answer. So it wasn't it, when Philogene and Cabba had that nice move and then Philogene told the keeper that his breath stunk. Okay, that's quite funny, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I perhaps have been a little bit too miserable. No, it was just a terrible first half, wasn't it? I think the one positive I'll take from it is if we played well again, it would pay over the cracks of what has been a shit season. So I think being brought down to earth and seeing how bad we are against a team who are in the same fight as us at the bottom of the league is exactly what we need for Vincent to look at it and go, oh, we, we need a little bit of investment at least. It may not work, but like if, if we'd gone, you know, end of the season, winning everything for like three or four games in a row, I think we'd be in trouble in the summer. So at least it highlights that. That's the only positive I'm taking from it. Yeah, Thalman situations like game, that. He? Was the game, I think. He was, yeah. Go on, Ben, say what you're going to say. Well, it's situations like that, like if you look at like Warnock in that situation... When it comes to those sort of situations, he'll put like two goalkeepers on the bench to say, "Look how thin the squad is." Yeah, like and sort of do it that way. I feel like the players stepped up and showed that we need investment just by being themselves. Like Jack Simpson showed, he had a stinker, man. He was horrendous. I didn't think. I didn't think. I didn't think Simpson they, was him that and bad. Ojo 
were fucking horrific. I thought I think Ojo was like there was a moment. So I I played football on um on Saturday for the first time in forever, and the first thing I did after coming off the bench was miscontrolling the ball. And I was like, fine, I haven't played football in two years. I'm allowed to do that on a shit pitch. I was watching it at one point. Ojo got a ball passed into him at like medium pace. Nobody around him, and he miscontrolled it on a carpet of a pitch. I was like, how is this guy still playing for us? He's been terrible this season. He thinks he's as good as Philogene. Like in his head, Philogene's the player that he thinks he is. Yeah. But he's so one paced and one dimensional with everything he does. It is beyond frustrating. And yeah, him up top sort of, I do feel like was proving a point of going, yeah, we do need investment because otherwise you've got this sack of shit to deal with. Yeah, well, I mean, he's on a two-year contract, so we either have to release him and pay him something or hope that someone's going to buy him this summer, and I don't think anyone's going to do that. Um, right, let's go back to the Simpsons point, Ben. Simpsons? Simpson point. I don't think Simpson was that bad, but we can talk about the goal now. Um, uh, that goal was absolutely dreadful, wasn't it? Um, who are you putting, pitting the blame on, Simpson or Sawyers? Oh, Sawyers. I think the pass is absolute. It's suicide pass. It's outrageous. Like you can say, I think it was a similar thing with United with David De Gea and Maguire, wasn't there? And yeah. everyone sort of pinned the blame on Maguire. But De Gea made the pass in the same way as the Soyers made that pass. You've got the options, you've got to use your own brain. If someone calls for it, you can still see there's other people around, not you don't make that pass. Uh so yeah, like there's a lot of stuff I've blamed since before. I thought he was really slow, really off the pace, and his touch was horrific, but that goal wasn't his fault as much. Uh Tom, do you want to blame anyone else for it? No, I think that's bang on. Yeah, it's, it's a it's completely fair assessment. Ball Sop, should we ban- blame him? If we, he's not around. It's because he, he wasn't playing. It's because he wasn't playing. That was the problem. Um, I just had a quick look at Ojo's statistics for the season. 35 games in the championship, one goal. No assists. No assists. I think it's a goal every 1,887 minutes. <laughs> and he's missed some sitters as well. Yeah, in that time, like the one, the one on one of Wigan is the one that sticks out all the time in my head. Like, he's just got no composure. He's just, you know, we saw when it, when he came the first time, he had flashes of it, but then he'd be, he he was inconsistent, to say the least. But this year, he's been consistently shit. That's in, the in that first season, he had that spell, didn't he? Of probably about fifteen games in the middle of the season where he scored a few, assisted a few, and we thought, yeah. oh, this is. He's a confidence player. This is the kind of player we're going to get when the confidence is up and running. But this season, he's not even shown any of that. Like, he doesn't even look, like Asked. I said, doing the most basic things. He just doesn't even look like he can do that sometimes. Like, he's dribbling. Like, he always seems to miscontrol it. His passes, he seems to either underhit it or, or completely miss the ball. It's, it's, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just working on new music in his head, isn't he? Maybe that's it, yeah. Maybe he's trying, yeah, he's thinking of lyrics whenever he's taking a pass. Um, on to the second goal, Tom. Uh, I mean, it was just crap defending again all round, wasn't it? A weak, weak header from Wintle. Um, you know, Simpson goes down as an own goal, but it's very unfortunate, really, because the guy heads it down and it comes off its foot. But it was just just sloppy all round, wasn't it? Yeah, it was standard Cardiff City from this season, wasn't it? It feels like we've seen this 10 times before, where we're just all at sea. You know, we... We were fairly solid at certain parts of the season, but I still feel like I've seen that so many times, just like week in, week out. And that's what we need to shore up. You know, we've got a full summer now. Hopefully, yeah. we've got a bit of consistency with squad and manager. They're the things we need to work on because it's just, 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 just I can't even my words out, but like we've been so sloppy all around the pitch. And that kind of just summed up our season in one play, to be honest. And Ben, I mean, 2 1 kind of flatters them, really, doesn't it? Because 
they hit the bar and post in quite equal, you know, quite quick succession on off that one piece of play. It was basically an open goal and he hit the bar. Um, what is it about us and letting a Neil Warnock side run run us ragged, really? It, we, we seem to make them look like prime fucking Barcelona. Yeah, I, I, it really showed that we had nothing to play for. The intensity and sort of, and it also helped they attend. Like, there's a lot of circumstances around, like, they had 10 days to prepare for this. They had nothing happened, no games or anything like that. But, and it was very important to them, wasn't it? So, therefore, they're, yeah, they're and more it, it meant nothing to us as well. It was, they were like, people say we were playing for pride and all that, but there's no pride in this season. No, nah, pride in any just, No, I'm not proud of this. <laughs> no, it was just one of those, just the players turned up because they had to. It feels like, like, you wouldn't have been surprised if, like, a couple of them just turned up with tinnies. Like, Proper Saturday league end of the season, not nothing to play for. Yeah, pre-drinking before well the big awards night. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, a couple of yeah, Wick, yeah. Wickham's got his own smart whip. Um, I think we've already touched upon it though, uh, Ben. There was one saving grace, wasn't there? And that was um, Isaac Davis and, and Ruben Colwell both came off the bench. Um, Isaac Davis got the goal. It was a lovely little flick, uh, back heel flick. I think um, I think NG put the cross into that again, but I could be wrong. Um, and Colwell looked really good when he came on. Um, it's a shame, isn't it, that they're both... It's the first time we've seen them in a few weeks and it's one game left before the end of the season. How crucial is this summer to them? Because obviously we've seen Colwell go through growth spurts and him getting used to being now... You know, he's gone from being a giraffe to, I don't know, two giraffes stood on top of each other because he's massive. Um, it's a crucial summer for them, isn't it? Because it feels like there's going to be a thinning out of the squad in terms of people like Mark Harris, in terms of some other people might leave. It's their chance to cement themselves. Yeah, and I think that they need to get a proper preseason, don't they? That's yeah. the major thing. Neither of them had a preseason. I don't think Davis came back until November time. No, he came back quite late into the season. Yeah. So you're miles behind everyone there. Like I, listening to like feast of football and stuff. Like Danny Gavin always used to say, if you didn't get, if you got injured in preseason, you struggle to make up that fitness during the season. Just you, especially yeah. in the championship because you're very rarely on the training ground working on stuff. It's normally. Game. If you're playing Saturday, recovery. Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, you're in recovery, aren't you? Yeah. So it's difficult then to build up. So I wouldn't have been like massively disappointed if they didn't see any other game this season. It was just all put on. They were just sort of wrapped in cotton wool, kept safe till next season. Yeah. And I think like that one, and that's another way to sort of get them ready as well. But yeah, the when they came on, you can see the quality on the ball from both of them. They've both got intensity, like. Carl especially on the ball, just same with like Philogy now. Now he sort of found his feet. You can just see there's they're a step ahead of other players and sort of just their ability and the way they touch and move the ball just looks a lot more composed and effortless compared to other players. There's just a lot of natural talent there. Yeah, uh, and Tom obviously from a Welsh perspective, Colwell, you know he's he's had his high. He's had um, you know he's in the Wales squad before he'd even played for Cardiff, all that kind of stuff. Um, what what do you want to see from him in a card team? Do you just want him to become a starting a starting you know a member of the starting lineup? Do you want to see him go on to bigger and better things, or is it is it is it do we have to temper our expectations with him and just hope that next season he's in and around the squad for every game? I think it's building blocks, isn't it? I think I'd like to see him hold on that starting berth. I think, like you said, there's been injuries and growth spurts. We've had a, a World Cup thrown in the middle of a season where he's gone to the World Cup as well. So you know that that breaks up. You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of recovering, get back in the squad as well. So yeah, I think I you, you want to see him get a full preseason, build up to the start of the season, get some starting business, and then around Christmas time you want to see him kick on because you know there's clearly some class there. And like Ben was saying, there's a calmness to him when he has the ball there. 
you know, he picks a pass, he reads the game differently. There's nothing sporadic about him. He never looks rushed. Sometimes he gets caught on the ball, but I don't mind that because I don't want him to lose that kind of calm edge that he has that other players don't. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see a little bit of consistency. You see him in a card of shirt more and more, and I'm sure he'll become that player because at one point I was doubting it, but then, you know, you see him play for Wales under 21s and he just turns it on. And we haven't got players who can do that. And I think the fact that he hasn't played a lot for us this season has worked in our favour because less teams are going to come in for him, hopefully. You know, if he put a run in of 15 games and showed a bit of quality, we may not have him for next season. You still might get some people, you know, there's teams who know the class he's got, but yeah. there's less who will come sniffing now. So, yeah, he could be instrumental to, I know we said this last season, but he could be instrumental this season. And same for Isaac Davis as well. We, we start to build some forward options then, you know, with Robinson coming back. Isaac Davis, Atete, Colwell behind them. It starts to look maybe a little Cabba. bit deeper in the squad. Maybe Cabba, you never know. So, yeah, we, we look at different, you know, threat going into the season if we've got all those fit and fire in. I also just think it's it's different options of players, isn't it? All of a sudden, you've got someone like Colwell, who's a monster who can run at people. You've got Isaac Davis, who is a speed merchant. who can get down into the channels and get through, you know, through, on, through onto balls. Then if you keep Cabba, keep Atete, you've got two tall players of different abilities and then Callum Robinson who could play all the roles you know together and, and drop deep and all that kind of stuff. So if we could get those five going into next season, you might want to get rid of Ojo. Um I don't know really. Um all of a sudden it looks really exciting. Um right after the next break, Twitter questions. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Right, thanks for all your tweets again. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, going to Stephen Will first. A few quality over quantity additions in the summer and a new identity to work towards. A master plan still necessary, even if it is an angry Steve's tippy-tappy bluebirds, as was the plan a year ago, and more flat earthers in next season starting 11. Um, Evan Williams, feel like it's been the longest season of my life. Players on the beach already, and I don't blame them. Stuart H, Ojo should... Be- never be allowed to put on our kit again. He's absolutely stealing a living. Blue Army says, clear which players need to be moved on in an ideal situation or, if not, should only be used in the last resort. Has Lamucci got the cutthroat attitude to do it in the summer? Ben, we've, you know, we'll, we'll talk more this week and next week about Lamucci kind of sticking around and all that kind of stuff because it's obviously going to be a developing story. But it feels like he's got the cutthroat attitude, hasn't he? Because it feels like he's already assessing who would and wouldn't be in his team by the media comments we've seen. Yeah, look, he's taken players like Mark Harrison, clearly shown they're not part of his future plans, so they've not been in the squad. I'm not worried about him being cutthroat. I, I, I think what he's he's been a manager for long enough. He's not a youngster, um, so he's going to make the changes right. I think the issue is we can't have another summer where we're bringing in 17 new players. That's going to cost us long term again. It's got to be. Like they said, quality over quantity now. It's got to be a few solid additions and sort of work with what we got. Um, there's no major rebuild that can be had at the moment. We haven't got, we're under a transfer embargo, all of that. It's not a case of Lamucci being cutthroat. It's about him being sensible and the club being sensible. Oh, I thought you were going to say, yeah, fuck off, Ojo, and all this kind of stuff. That was very measured, Ben. Well done. 
showing maturity as the season's got on. Um, you can say fuck off, Ojo, if you want. Ojo's a cunt, fuck off. There we go. Don't <laughs> listen to this. Jordan Reed, strange moment after the game where we were all begging Warnock for a celebration fist pump after beating us. Can't imagine any of the fan base doing that. So what makes us such a strange punch? Also, is this Warnock's final retirement? Plymouth in February must be on his mind. Um, why, do you, why do we do that, Tom? Is that because we... We didn't really get a proper goodbye to Warnock. We were just happy for him. He he was good to us in his time. I don't really know. Oh, we're not the only ones who do stuff like that. But I think it's because we've done it with like Ramsey before, where we've clapped him scoring against us. Uh, you know, and it, it it does make me feel a bit uneasy. You know, Warnock as a character, he wouldn't care if we were calling him a wanker. He'd probably rather it. Probably, but yeah. I do find it a little, you know, I find it a little bit kind of, I don't know, I don't know what the word is really. It's just, it's oh yeah, no thanks, Neil. But you know, once he's left, he's left. I, I find I do find it a bit jarring. I found it really uh, funny, like the oh, as he was doing the fist bump. He's just done it for Huddersfield. The count decided. Oh, we want one of those. I mean, we haven't seen many at home this season anyway, like fist bumps. But yeah, yeah it was. True. I thought I thought it was really funny. Just it just probably took the piss because there was nothing to play for. It would have been weird if. That had been the result that sent us down or like took us to the final. Oh, for trouble. sure, yeah. We were. I don't think we'd have done it then. But I think, yeah, I don't know. It was just quite. It was quite a funny moment. I think he he did not expect like the the encore as well. That was really funny. Well, he's, he's he's a good egg. Uh, Gareth Dunning today summed up our season. I'm going to keep it simple. Priority is leaders and players with heart. Today was embarrassing and I've seen it too often. Glad it's done. I need a timeout. Oliver Reese will probably beat Burnley and we'll wonder how we didn't get the playoffs. Simon Hitchcock says, just glad this season's over, to be honest. One of, if not the worst I can remember, and I've been a season ticket holder since 1998. Reese did Ojo win a competition to play for Cardiff. Rodri, just happy we're safe at the end of the day. Not sure I could take another season like this. Robbo's no-look pen seems like a lifetime ago. Mike P, <laughs> relieved that we stayed up. No other conversation is necessary for now, but Tan needs to stick or twist. It really is that simple. And Adam James, my brother, says relieved. Poor Jack Simpson. It's just been the wrong move at the wrong time again. Um, let's talk about the fact we are safe, Tom. Um, you know, I think we've been quite pessimistic on this pod and I think that's because we kind of record these things either directly after the game or when things seem really bad so therefore our emotions kind of are the overriding thing um you know a month ago it looked like for all the world we were going to get relegated it looked like we were sleepwalking into it so just how relieved are you that we are in the championship for next season massively you know I think I try to convince myself that league one wouldn't be that bad you know it'd be quite fun new places and all that but you know for the safety of our club it's absolutely huge. You know, we've, we, we've said it on other pods, you know, you see some big clubs going down there and not coming back up. Um, and it's just absolutely massive. You know, we went through such a transition this year, bringing in so many players that it was always going to be a bit dodgy. I didn't think we'd be in a relegation dogfight. And to be honest, early doors, even when we were kind of floundering down at the bottom half of the table, even I was saying we were kind of sleepwalking into it, I don't think I fully believed it. And then I think five or six games ago, that's when I started to really panic. And and no, it's such a relief. You know, going into the last couple of games of the season, you don't need anything as well. It's huge because I wouldn't trust that bunch to get something from those games. You know, we've been fortunate at times. Like, like we've we've lost a lot of games this year, and I don't think much of it is to do with being unlucky. I think we've been architects of our own downfall, and we do need a reset. We need some continuity. You know, we need, like you said, we need a couple of additions, but I'm so relieved. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Burnley now. I don't care if we get pumped 10-0. I 
because I, it's just such a relief that we could just stand yeah, and not not win a full kit. But you, you know, it's yeah. the fountain hand. No, it's a not win a full kit. You went, but, you went, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm relieved. Yes, I'm relieved. Um, ben, I'm going to come to you with the big question. Um, uh, you know, there's already the chatter starting around Lamucci's future about what we do. Um, I'm still slightly on the fence with it. Um, I don't think, you know, I think Lamucci's shown that there's a good manager there. Um, obviously, the squad's not his, and he's having to work what he, you know, with what he has. But your snap judgment now: Are you keeping Lamucci now? Are you keeping him for at least another year? If he wants to stay, Lamucci has to stay for me. We need continuity. We need just a sensible head and he's provided all of that he's not got carried away when the highs have been high and he's not been too massively pessimistic when the lows have been low I mean he's been very real with everything but he's not sort of been panic stations and made you wonder where, where he's going with it all he's been very sort of measured in everything he said everything he's done um I've been really impressed with him and I think that we especially me we've been very harsh on the board this this season but the one thing they got right eventually was the manager call getting the Mucci in. It's just a shame it took this long. To, it took as long as it did to do it. And we had to sort of see Mark Hudson's spell at the club end in another disappointing note. It's just one of those. But yeah, the Mucci stays. Um, ben, if you, you know, with the squad, whatever else, what assurances do you think he needs to stay? Because, you know, he, he's come in, he's kind of alluded to some stuff, to some stuff in the press about the organisation of the club, the way decisions are being made and how it's not up to him. Do you think he needs more ownership on those decision-making contracts, things like that? Do you think he needs more ownership on recruitment? We saw it when Kappa came in. As much as Kappa's been a brilliant signing, Lamucci didn't even know who he was when he first came in. Um, yeah, the board need to trust him, don't they? They've proven time and time again they're not football people. Um, nine decisions out of ten they make are bad ones around this club they need to have as much responsibility especially for on the field matters taken away from them as possible give the manager a proper run at it especially with someone like Labucci who's got a bit more experience I understand the hesitations where it was someone like Steve Morrison and he's like a young manager never managed he's only ever really done academy football I, and he's a hothead I totally understand not wanting to give him the free reins there but um, I think for the club not to be in the same position again in 12 months they need to stay, take a step back and there needs to be proper football people in charge of making the football decisions. Tom, would you, you know, director of football setup, you know, recruitment team setup, whatever it may be, would you simply just give all the football decision-making over to Lamucci and his team, Lamucci, Bamba, whoever that may be? Or would you put somebody else in alongside him as well to potentially, I don't know, be the link between the board and, and the football boys? I think I'd like to see that. Um, it's just not going to happen. To be honest with you, I don't completely understand how it works. To, <laughs> to give an opinion on it, I don't understand. And like, you know, I've never been at that level of a football club to see how that works between a manager and a director of football. It works well in some places, and then it just seems to be a disaster in others. So, at this stage, I don't think you rock the boat too much and bring in that role. I wouldn't mind just mm -hmm. seeing us evolve to that in the future. But at the moment, yeah, just a bit of continuity. Get get Labucci in, get him signed up and give him a run in it, give him a full pre-season, give him a summer to work with the place he's already got. Um, because that's what we need. It's been such a tumultuous time, you know, with, you know, rookie managers coming in as well. You know, we've thrown, you know, club greats under the bus a little bit, with you know, with Mark Hudson. And that's sad to see. So mm -hmm. let's just calm it down 
and you know, I, I'd rather stay out of the headlines for a little bit and start to build rather than you know chopping and changing again. Um, two so last to finish the season with the manager we start with. That's all I want next year. Yeah. You mean start next season with the manager so we finish this season with? No, start end the oh, season. Oh, I see. Right, I get you. Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant yeah. No, I think I think it's like you know from from when I f- first started supporting the club, or when you know when I was first made you know really aware of it. Like we went from Alan Cork to Lenny Lawrence, and then we went from Lenny Lawrence to Dave Jones, um, and da- you know Dave Jones was there for sort of five or six years. Yeah. Um, it's only since then, you know, since the early 2000s, obviously Malky was there for a, a couple of years, three years. And then since then, we've kind of jumped from manager to manager and it hasn't been as as consistent as it should have been. And I think, I, you know, I don't think football, I don't think, unless you're very lucky, managers don't stay at clubs very long anymore. You know, it, it's 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 not a 10-year thing anymore. You know, Klopp, I think, in the Premier League is, is becoming the last of a generation of managers who stay beyond the five-year, you know, five-year period because everything is, is done in sort of three to five-year projects these days. But it would be nice to see a manager stay just for one season. Um, Tom, to come back to your point about directors of footballs, and I am not sure what they do. Um, I don't know if you've played football manager, um, but I have. I have. Um, um, I always hire a director of football, and the only job I give him is to look after contract renewals. So um, I, I, maybe that's all director of footballs do. I don't know, really. Um, but he, he looks after my, my contract renewals for me, so I don't have to negotiate with my players, which is really nice. Also, I think I'd like to make him in charge of all of my decisions because the last time I played football manager, I accidentally stripped Sean Morrison of the captaincy in my first meeting with him and it ruined the game for me. So um, if anyone could suggest a director of football to do that, that would be great. Um, Ben, you know, if Lamucci stays, what do you expect from the coming summer? You know, we, we had a big kind of change over last season from... 12 players leaving or whatever it was, 17 players coming in. Do you expect a bit of a clear out this summer, a consolidation of the squad? Do you think we've got a good enough squad in places that we just need to kind of add a few pieces to make it better? Yeah, I don't know. Given what's happened this season, I still don't think there's some like bad players. There's like some good quality players at this level, enough to see us clear of relegation next year at the very least. Mm-hmm. It is just adding to that. I said earlier, we can't do 17 again. We can't do 10 again. It needs to be five or six solid additions, a couple of loan players in and a couple of players that have got quality and leadership skills, like I've said before, that sort of just bring us on. It needs to be progression with this squad, not chopping it up and starting again. Tom, where do you think we need to add those that, you know, there's so so much dependency, but where, where, where off the top of your head now, where are the, the, the additions we need to make? I think in the centre of the park, I think we need a bit more depth there um, and a bit of a variation of type of player. I think we're very kind of unilateral at the moment. I think, obviously, at, at the back, we've got loan signings with people like Keith Bray. We, we need a bit of depth there because we can't be relying on people like Jack Simpson. But outside of positions, I think it's the type of player is what we need as well. You know, I think we do... I know we've seen a little bit from some of our players, but we need more leaders. We need some experienced heads. We need to be just harder to beat. We need to be a bit more, you know, we, we need to be bastards at times. We, we haven't seen that side of us until the latter start stage of the season. And then that allows those young players like Colwell and Isaac Davis to, uh, to flourish then. So I think that's what we need to be uh, going into the next season. All right. Before we get onto the Wikipedia nugget, I've got one snap question for both of you. Um, you know, first first answer that comes into your head, you can keep one of Cabot or Kipre. Who are you keeping, Ben? 
Uh, Cabba. Who are you keeping, Tom? Keep Bray. Whoa! And I'll keep neither of them, just to make sure we have the balance. Um, obviously, we've still got one game left. Uh, Burnley uh, is next Monday, a week today. We'll do a proper season review. I mean, I don't think we actually want to relive this season, but we'll <laughs> we'll do something to look back over the season after that game. Fine. And we'll also do a proper summer preview at that point as well and look ahead at, at what's to come this summer. Ben, you're starting to speak. Sorry, I'm going back. We did the preview part. I'm going back and listening back to that and making note of our predictions. Yeah. Please oh, do that because I don't want to, have to listen to my own. Yeah, voice. I'm probably doing that because I yeah, I think none of us are coming to cut this looking good. I never look good, mate. I don't even try to look good. Do you know what I mean? Um I think I no, nope, I can't even remember what I put in the table that we I think I put Hull near the top and Blackburn near the top. So I'll do, put, I've, yeah. well, I've still got those on Twitter. Um we didn't yeah. eat those. And then I think we did a bunch of predictions at the start as well of where we'd finish and all of that and like players like stuff. So yeah, we'll we'll see where we are from there. <laughs> Well, I'm not looking forward to that. Our listeners might be looking forward to that. Um, right, let's go to the Wikipedia nugget of the week. Um, I, this is I'm scraping the barrel with this one each week. I'm going to have to rethink this one next season because not a lot of our players are very interesting. Um, I'm going to go to this Wikipedia page. Uh, the little nugget I've got this week is from the early life section of their Wikipedia page. Um as well as football, this player also played netball after being introduced to the sport by his mother, who was a netball coach. So one of our former players, it's a former player, to give that away, was a netball um, expert, apparently. Um, I mean, I've given you nothing there. There's nothing to go on there. Um, Tom's thinking, Ben, have you got anything? For some reason in my head, it instantly said Tom Adiemi, and I don't know why. <laughs> Just feels like he should come up one week. He hasn't yet. Yeah. Um, Tom? My head's gone, well, Australians play a lot of netball and like including the men, they have mixed leagues and stuff. So I'm going to go Tony Vidmar. Oh, well, I'm Tom. I use logic on my predictions. <laughs> All right, sorry. All right, go, go to a random. Adam LaFondra. Um, ben, have you got any advances on Tom Adiemi or Tony Vidmar? No, I'm going. I'm sticking with Adiemi. So which is, which is your answer? Tom's. Got, makes more sense. <laughs> I like Adiemi as an answer, to be fair. He's never going to get brought up again, is he? Like, So, yeah, we'll go Tom Adiemi. Until he comes up on the Wikipedia quiz. Um, well, you, you're wrong. It's a Joe Bennett. Uh, it's Joe Bennett. Never right. had him down to Nettle play. <laughs> I mean, this gets worse every week, this quiz, doesn't it? Um, if only we were sent something yeah. that contained Wikipedia stuff that we could use. The internet's got Wikipedia on it. Yeah, true. <laughs> I just like what I do. I've run. I've run out of players already. Basically, like unless I go back. No, you to... haven't. No, I have. That, that have interesting Wikipedias. Like you can go on their Wikipedia. That wasn't like... interesting. I, I, okay, you go that interesting. That it's a broad definition of interesting, <laughs> but like a lot of their Wikipedia is like it's just like this player signed for this club after this club. And it's like that's not fun, is it? No, that's true. So that's what I mean about interest. There's nothing interesting on their Wikipedia. So I'll, I'll review this in the summer. Look, we've all got work to do in the summer. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, go back to the drawing board on this one. I like um, random quick, quick like quiz questions about stuff that's nothing to do with football. To be honest. 
That is good. I think he sent us another one, Ty. I haven't looked at the review from the email because I've been working the last few weeks. So um, maybe I'll, I'll save that for the last uh, part of the season. Um, right. Uh, Burnley, last game of the season. I mean, the only thing I've written here is what you're dressing up as, Tom. I'm not dressing up. I want to have a lovely day not being dressed in full kit like you're trying to get me to do. I'm not wearing shin pads you, on a four-hour train journey. At the Watford game, I'll give you small shin pads. At the Watford <laughs> game, you shook hands on and and no, I didn't. You, know, you you can attest to this. Um, shook hands on. If Cardiff is safe, when we go to Burnley, you're dressing full kit. Did that happen? I didn't. Or did that happen? It did not happen. Do you want me to I'm call, not, I'll get Ryan it. March on the podcast. I, I I think we need to give Ryan a ring and find out if this is what. Well. Oh, Tom, just he, pop no, next you're, door. you're you're all in on this. I'm not having it. I'm not having no. it. Does it feel like you're being bullied? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Flash <Flashbacks. laughs> Um Ben, how nice is it going into the last game of the season on a bank holiday Monday with absolutely nothing riding on the game? It is quite relaxing. Um, yeah. I like Tom said earlier, the fact if we are still relying on this, you, you wouldn't trust these players to get us out of it. So yeah, I'm honestly not asked. I might not even watch it. I'm that done with this season to be honest. There's so little place on it. This just, yeah, I was just, I want this season to be done. It, there was something quite, it felt like sort of leaving school after on like the last day of term, leaving the stadium on Sunday. Just <laughs> I'd love to be back here for ages and that feels great. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, get it done, get yeah. out of the way and probably end up looking at the stats and realising we've lost half our games this season. Uh, we have lost quite a lot of games this season. Uh, Tom, it does feel that way, doesn't it? It feels like Burnley's going to be a bit of a party just because everyone's just really happy that the season's done. Yeah, they've won the league. We're still in the league. Everyone be happy. Uh, look, standing in Burnley Cricket Club, having a pint. Like, I really hope it's sunny. It'll really crown off a shit season with like a pretty nice ending. I'm really looking forward to it because there hasn't been much to look forward to this year. You know, it, it took, I think, I didn't go to as many games as I wanted to this year, but still, I went to like 13, 14 games and I saw us win once. And like, it's been really shit. And mm. I'm just re- looking forward to just like being done with the season and getting excited, ready for next season again. It feels like a, like a pre, pre-season build-up, doesn't it? Like just, just, you know, it's a final flourish. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like this. I, I, I go back to Swindon away in the summer. Where we beat Swindon four two, you had Max Waters playing and scoring. You had, you know, the new kits on show. We looked, you know, playing really nice football, and you think, God, this season might actually be quite good. You know, we might not trouble the, the kind of playoffs. We might end up in mid table. We're going to play some good football, and we're going to have all these players playing really nice football. And then the season just descended into madness. Um, I'm having a look at the table now. If we if we lose on the final day of the season, Ben, we will have lost half our games this yeah. season. Um, wow. Our goals for 41, that's less than a goal a game, and our points are 49, which is obviously just over a point per game. Um, it really has been, Ben, the most dismal season that I can remember. Is it the same for you? Yeah, it's just not been fun, is it? Like, literally, I think the most enjoyable bit was seeing the home kit. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> it it's just... from there. Yeah, it really was. I looked at that and went, oh, that's nice. And from there, it's just fucking tanked, man. Um, just yeah, just glad to see the back of it move on and just put it all behind us because I think the club needs to do it for just to be a better place because oh, it's just miserable, isn't it? 
it is. Um, I, I don't really know where I'm going with this, Tom, um, in terms of what to ask next about the Burnley game. Um, how many points are you going to have? Uh, I'm going to take it easy on the way up. That's, and that's as far as I've got in my head. <laughs> There's a long way back. So... It is a long way back. <laughs> especially in full kit. Yeah, especially in full kit and chin pads. Not doing it. Uh, and if you were going would you do full kit oh yeah 100% would I wouldn't be a jib out and sort of like I I certainly if I had agreed to it and shook hands with people and sort of given my word I'd do that I certainly wouldn't well Ben I've got a ticket going spare um, currently so I don't know if you want it Uh, meet me in Burnley Um, is there a train Burnley (laughs) pardon are there actually trains from Cardiff too? There's no trains that weekend, is there? Maybe not from Cardiff. Um, weirdly, though, if you go on train line and try and book a train to Burnley, it sends you to Man- Burnley Manchester Road and then says you should walk to Burnley Central just to meet your train at that destination. But it's like, I'll just get off at Burnley Manchester Road. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is, you know, this is how excited we are for the game, really, that it's really kind of falling apart. Ben, what's your prediction for the game? Uh, disappointment. Yeah, yeah, that's as Tom. far as I'm going with Frickin. Four nil Burnley, Connor Roberts brace, and if Amy <laughs> runs over and does a swim away, yeah, I just could see it happening. I and just, he's a lovely yeah, boy. I hate him. I yeah, still he's a lovely boy. It. Yeah, it's true. Um, well, this is kind of starting to bring the curtain down on our season. Um, uh, as a podcast and as a football club, um, I think you can hear it in our voices, in our general <laughs> demeanour that we are. I, I don't know. I think this is, I think, our thirty-sixth or thirty-seventh episode this season, which is a lot of episodes to talk about how fucking dismal the season has actually been. I think there are probably four or five episodes in the really bad days which sound exactly the same, where we start talking about a game that starts well, we lose. What happens next? Looking at the table around us, preview the next game, repeat, repeat, repeat. So we'll do an episode after the Burnley game. We'll do a proper season review. We'll do a kind of, you know, what needs to happen in the summer. Um, we might make 40 episodes before the season's out. I have no idea because I can't remember if we're on 37 or 38 at the moment by the time this one comes out. But it's a sincere thank you to everyone who's listened uh, and put up with us um, as we've kind of m- made our way to safety. We've had huge numbers listen to us this year, and it's been fantastic. We're going to carry it on into next summer. I don't know, we might do some episodes over the summer where we try and speak to some players. If I say this on air, um, it means we kind of have to commit to it. Um, but yeah, thanks for following along. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, thanks to Terrace Badger for sponsoring us. Thanks to Aaron Hocking. Congratulations to Plymouth. They're up. He'll be on our preview podcast. We'll be on their preview podcast. Can't wait for a visit to Home Park next summer. Um, ben, what was your favourite moment of the season? Um, Kebabgate, possibly. Kebabgate was pretty <laughs> good. Tom? I honestly... I can't think of many good moments. Pro- probably the Rotherham game. Just yeah. just no staying up. I'll go for that. Yeah, I would probably put the Rotherham game, or I think Ben Price becoming the the beacon for Mark Harris. Um, that was always good fun. <laughs> Whenever Mark Harris did something, someone would tag Ben Price in it, which is fantastic. So um, when he goes to Stoke next my... season, Ben, are you going with him? Yeah, my mentions are going to go right down. Well, they have gone right down because he's not been appearing. Yeah. Well, maybe you can start the view from I don't know what's the Stoke Stadium called, the Bet Three Six Five. Yeah. No. 
I, I can't I can't slag off Stoke because I'll get a tweet. Oh, Stoke's not that bad. It fucking is. But <laughs> we do have listeners in Stoke, so maybe they can pipe up and, and take you under their wing. Anyway, we've got a couple of episodes left of the season. Uh, thanks for listening once again. We'll be back after the Burnley game where we can officially say we're in the championship for next season once again. Ta-da! Sports Social Podcast Network. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.